Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy, the podcast that empowers you to transform life's challenges into opportunities for personal growth and healthier relationships. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. As experienced therapists with backgrounds in addressing trauma and mental health disorders, we believe there is hope and there certainly is healing. We've spent our lives supporting people through the ups and downs, and we want to share these insights with you. Together, we'll unravel the layers of personal growth healing from trauma, and building healthy relationships. Each week, we'll bring you engaging conversations, expert insights, and practical strategies to help you heal from the past, foster healthy communication, and develop enduring love. This podcast is your guide to transforming adversity into triumph, healing wounds and past trauma, gaining wisdom and insight, and creating meaningful, fulfilling connections. So if you're here to heal, to better understand yourself or your relationships, you're in the right place. So sit back, get comfortable, bring your trauma and your drama, and let's start healing. Welcome Welcome to to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. Therapy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. We're very excited to have you here today. If you haven't already joined our Facebook group, we have a link down in the description where you can find us and you can connect with us and you can give us input into different things that you might like to hear about or also just participated in a community of people who are supporting each other or to learn a little bit more about mental health. All right, so let's jump right in. So today what we're going to be doing is continuing on a series that we had started last time where we were talking a little bit about how we could set ourselves up for success during the holiday season. And I think last year, just before the holidays, we had done an episode called Surviving the Holidays. But this year, what we want to do is how to thrive during the holidays. And so we're doing this episode quite a bit before the actual holiday season starts so that we can already start doing the pre-work in order to make sure that we are setting ourselves up to be able to enjoy and have fun during the season. If you haven't already listened to the last episode, go ahead and listen to that first and then hop on over here. In the last episode, we talked about the first six tips for thriving during the holidays. Today, we're going to finish the rest of that list, and we're going to jump into number seven. So number seven is communication, and this is communication between all parties involved. So if you're going to be going over to relative's house with your family, then you might want to talk to your spouse about what is your expectations, what do you want to do, having kind of a game plan. So if you're like Ruth and I, where I'm the introvert and I want to leave earlier, and she's the extrovert and she wants to stay longer, trying to figure out what's the balance we're going to have, in between meeting each person's needs set up beforehand so that it doesn't become a squabble while you're out at the event. Or if there is communication that needs to happen between you and your extended family, communicating to them what your plans are, finding out what their desires are, what their plans are, and then just trying to have everything out in the open and a clear understanding so that it can help set up positive expectations. Communication is definitely so important to be able to enjoy and have more of a stress-free holiday Because sometimes it's a lack of communication that turns into different disagreements because people weren't on the same page and you didn't communicate to each other. And it really is being able to just share and communicate your expectations. And it doesn't have to be in this sit down, long, drawn out way. It could be a quick text. It could be a quick phone call where you guys just discuss what are you going to do for gifts? What are you going to do for the food? Which goes into our next tip. Number eight is boundaries. And so going into the season, you really want to have clear boundaries. And part of that is sitting down and figuring out what your own boundaries are. Because other people can't respect 
your boundaries if you don't even know what you need or what you want. And it's being able to say no to certain events or certain discussions and not just boundaries for other people, but boundaries for yourself. And this goes into a lot of things we've already talked about, like having boundaries with your finances, having boundaries with your calendar and maintaining margin in your space and in your time. And this really does relate to the tip right before about communication, because once you know your boundaries, it really is important to then communicate that with others. And I love what Dr. Clown and Townsend say in the Boundaries book, where they talk about really the most loving thing to do is to have boundaries. Because when you can say no to certain things, then when you say yes, it's because you truly want to be there. And a lot of times what happens is people will say yes to things that they don't want to do or they're just doing out of obligation. And then they show up and they're kind of complaining or a hassle to be around. And you can just tell they don't really want to be there versus being able to say to yourself, you know what, I'm stretched to my limit right now. I'm going to say no to this. And then the next thing that you do want to go to, being able to say yes to that and showing up and being fully present. And, you know, that's a different experience for not just you, but for people around you, because no one wants to be around someone that doesn't even want to be there. So sometimes the most loving thing is to be able to say no so that when you do say yes, it's an honest yes. And I think an important thing to understand that is a hurdle for a lot of people is that a lot of times they feel responsible for other people's reactions or their emotions. So when we put up a boundary, sometimes we might get people who react poorly to that. But a lot of times, especially people who struggle with people pleasing, what they run into is that they spend all of their energy trying to make other people happy. But then as soon as they try to do something to make themselves happy, they get pushed back. But just having an understanding of that, most of the time people aren't going to be taking care of your needs. And so if you're not mindful of your own needs and you're not trying to make sure that you're managing yourself and managing your own needs, then they are oftentimes going to be unfulfilled. So if people get upset with you putting up that boundary, understanding that that doesn't necessarily mean you've done something wrong, they might just be disappointed or they might be boundary breakers who just want to bowl over and get whatever they want whenever they want. Now, also, I think we talked about this in a previous podcast too, but I want to mention it here again. I think it's important to know is that also there are times where we can implement boundaries in a toxic way, in an unhealthy way where we use them as a baseball bat or a battle axe, where we wield it as a way to attack or hurt people. And that's not the point of boundaries. The point of boundaries is self-protection, not using them to consequence people for their actions. But you may set up a boundary as a result of someone's actions, but it shouldn't be set up in order to try to harm or to strong arm somebody into doing something that they don't want to do. Oh, for sure, because when you're setting up your own boundaries, you need to make sure that you aren't pushing on other people's boundaries. And like Tim said, having this toxic use of it where you aren't respecting theirs, but you're demanding that they respect yours. And I do think a lot of people don't want to say no because they feel guilty and they feel selfish. But it's kind of like we talked about in the last episode about the oxygen mask, that in order for you to love and serve others, you need to make sure that you are healthy and taken care of. And so as we talk about boundaries, when you're using it in a healthy way, it is not a selfish thing. But like I just said, it could be sometimes the most loving thing to do. So number nine is self-care. And that really is related to what we were just saying, because part of self-care is having boundaries. But in the middle of all the holiday hustle, you want to make sure that you take 
time for yourself and you're doing things that really rejuvenate you and fill your spirit and ground you as far as what this holiday season is about. Because we can get so caught up in all the excitement and all the busyness that we forget the purpose of all of this. And so for us specifically, when we're celebrating Christmas, we're celebrating the birth of Christ. And so if I get too caught up in, you know, taking my kids to go experience the Christmas lights and I'm rushing them here to the next activity and then let's go ride this train over here. That's all so much fun. And I love doing that. But if I'm rushing and I'm yelling at them to get in the car, we got to go and things aren't joyful, it takes away from what the focus is for us on that holiday. So for us, the focus of Christmas isn't really on Santa Claus or getting and receiving gifts. It's more on just being grateful for the salvation that we have through Christ. And so that's what we are trying to centrally focus on. And whenever we're thinking about holidays, it's why are we celebrating this? So even going to Thanksgiving, it's mostly just turned into, I think for a lot of Americans, it's just turned into this idea of it's just a basically feast day where we just eat a lot, but it's supposed to be a time where we reflect and we're thankful for all the things that we have. So remember when we're taking the time to celebrate these holidays is identifying what is the main purpose of this holiday? What should I be working at accomplishing during this holiday? And having gratitude is part of that self-care. It allows you to have a different perspective and really keeps you centered on what's important. And I think a lot of times today people think of self-care as, okay, I'm going to go and get my nails done and I'm going to go to the spa or I'm going to do this. And yes, those can absolutely be part of self-care. But I would say that self-care isn't a one-day thing that you set aside to pamper yourself, but it really is taking care of yourself throughout the entire season. So making sure that you have enough sleep, making sure that you're still doing your regular routines, making sure that you're resetting the house so you aren't feeling overwhelmed. All of those things are part of self-care. So yes, please go get a massage or do the different things that allow you to pamper yourself, but also take care of yourself so that you can give to others and pour into others from a cup that's full. Number 10 is creating new traditions. I think especially when you first get married, it's helpful and important to take some intentional time to try and create and craft your own new traditions. So it's not taking all of one side's traditions or taking all the other side's traditions, but it's trying to pick things that you appreciate from one's traditions or the other person's traditions and trying to synthesize them together to create your own experience or just taking something totally outside that has never been a part of either of your sides of the family and trying to adopt that because you like this idea. I think a lot of time newly married couples and even couples who've been married for a long time can really struggle with, no, my family's way is the right way. No, my family's way is the right way. As opposed to what the focus should be on is, hey, we are now our new family and we should come together and agree on what do we want to do proceeding forward with our new family. Oh, for sure. And I think this is something where you need to communicate and you need to talk about it. And maybe some of the things you won't even know until it's happening. And you're like, oh, wait, this is how we did it in my family. Why are they doing it this way? And so instead of getting frustrated, just communicate and talk to your spouse about it. And I think especially with traditions, people can just feel like, well, this way is just right. But it's not just a right thing. It's something that you're just used to and something that you're familiar with. And I think a lot of times people get stuck into this trap of arguing about this is the right way, this is the wrong way. 
But most of the time, these traditional things, they come down to an opinion. This is my opinion of what I like and what I appreciate. Well, this is my opinion of what I like and what I appreciate. And so taking that time to figure out like, okay, it's not a fight or battle to the death, but we're trying to understand what do you like about that and why do you like it? And what do I like about what we've done? And then trying to, again, come to that agreement, but not making it this contentious battle or argument, but just trying to figure out why are you coming from that perspective and why am I coming from this perspective? And make sure that you are communicating. If there is something that really, really is important to you, then communicate that and let them know. And there are going to be things that are just really important to you. And it may be just because it's the way you've always remembered it and now it's kind of nostalgic for you. And that's okay, but being able to share that with your spouse that, hey, I really want to keep this tradition. This is really important to me. And I know a couple of traditions that I had from my childhood that I wanted to continue with my own children is on Christmas Eve, we always got to open one present. And I always really look forward to that, probably even more than the rest of the presents, because it was very methodical because you had to look through all the different things and figure out, okay, which one do I get to open tonight? And so it was a special thing for my family. And then the other thing that we did was before opening any gifts on Christmas Day, we would read through the story of Jesus's birth. And that was really important for me as I had kids, because like we said before, we want to make sure that we constantly recenter to what this really is about. And so that's something that we do now. Before we open any gifts, we always read the Christmas story. And actually thinking back, I think that was something that my family had done as well, where we'd stop and we'd read the Christmas story. And I think also something I didn't appreciate as a kid, but I appreciate now, is that my family used to have big elaborate Christmas breakfast. Now, I didn't like it as a kid because it would kind of stall me from getting to open my presents. But I appreciate it now as an adult because it kind of slows everybody down, makes sure everybody's awake. Hey, we're not opening anything till everybody's had their breakfast. Then we have our breakfast, and then we go and we read story, and then we open the presents. Now, something that I don't think was a part of either of our tradition, but we have adopted as a family, is that we kind of have started spreading out the opening of Christmas gifts, where we don't open them all in one day. Not only do we do like one on Christmas Eve, but we do a couple on Christmas Day, probably the most on Christmas Day. But then we kind of spread it out throughout the week where they're opening presents almost every day. And the reason I really like that is because I had noticed the kids would open up a bunch of the presents. They'd find like their two or three favorite and they'd play mostly with those. And then a lot of the other ones they wouldn't play with at all. But then if you allow them to open it over the course of days, then they're more likely to give more time and action to that new present because now it stands out. It's more unique. It's not one of 10 presents that I just opened right now, but it's a one present that I opened up today. And if it's a family board game, we always take the time to sit and we learn it right then because what happens for us is we love board games. But if we get a couple of board games and some of them just sit on the shelf, whereas now we learn each board game as we get it and we play it as a family and then the kids now know how to play it and so they could play it on their own and really appreciate it. And just as a side note, we taught our oldest three kids, Settlers of Catan, and they are totally absorbed in it. And then obviously, so are we. We played it four times this last week. Yes, that was a big milestone for us because we love Settlers of Catan, but being able to now teach them and see how excited they get, this is definitely a milestone for us. And you know, you may be listening to this and think, oh man, that sounds like torture to your kids to have to wait to open all these presents. I think one year it lasted till New Year's. I think we opened probably our last gift on New Year's. Oh yeah, we really stretched out that year. (laughs) But if you ask, 
at least some of our kids, which way they would want to do it, they'll say that they want to kind of spread it out like we did. Yeah, I think a lot of the kids kind of lean more towards you where they like the surprises versus me. I'm not a huge fan of surprises, so they actually seem to enjoy the anticipation. Which goes into tip number 11, mindful gifting. It may sound like, oh my gosh, they have so many presents where they're going, you know, for a whole week after. We really don't have that many presents. But if you listen to the last episode, you know that I like to take out my kids and allow them to pick gifts for their siblings or they can make something for them. So each of them just right there are getting four other gifts from their siblings. And part of that is because we really want them to understand and know that when you're giving a gift to someone, you're really giving it from your heart and what you think they would enjoy. Because I know early on when we were talking about what are you going to give to your sister? They would often pick something that they love. But that's part of the process of this is, you know, talking to them and just saying, well, what do you think Elizabeth would love? And then they're kind of on the hunt for that. And that changes their perspective. And they immediately know, oh, my gosh, she would love this. And I love seeing their faces light up and being so excited to give her that gift. And then they wrap it and they decorate the wrapping. And then when we're picking what gifts to pick out, for Christmas, all of them are so excited, like, oh, please open mine. I hope she opens mine. And so it adds all these different levels of excitement and surprises and the joy of giving. And then when they get something, they're really excited because they know that it was picked for them. And I think that just goes for everybody. And part of mindful giving is really giving with that intention and thoughtfulness rather than obligation. I think what's happened is we've come to a place where someone gives you a gift and you think, oh my gosh, I have to go out and buy them a gift. And part of mindful gifting is not giving out of that obligation because this goes back to one of the other tips about budgeting. If you don't have it in your budget, there are definitely other ways to still be thoughtful and return that gesture and not have to go into debt for it and feel overwhelmed and feel the stressors of it later. And so in the joy of giving, being able to find something that you can make for them, maybe bake cookies. And as much as I talk about, okay, we take our kids out and they find stuff to buy for their siblings, we also do a lot of crafting at home or making cookies and sending it to the neighbor. Or my kids love to send cards in the mail. And so we try to do that. But I think in addition to not giving out of obligation and making sure that you're giving joyfully, is also as you're giving, make sure that your heart is right and that you're not giving and just expecting something back. Because that could definitely put stress on other people. And like we said before, don't forget what the season is about. And so when you give with the intention of, well, they better be giving me something back or expecting something, uh, maybe a certain value, you miss out on what the intention is of giving. And I think that causes a lot of undue stress for you because if you're struggling with that or you're thinking, okay, I'm going to give them this gift or this person gave this person this gift, I should get that same gift or that same amount, then it probably causes you stress when you're searching for gifts because then now instead of giving out of the joy of your heart or thinking, oh, I wonder what this person would love, you're thinking, okay, did I spend enough on this person? And it adds a lot of complicated layers to just this season and the holidays that can already be stressful. And so this season, 
make sure that you really are being mindful in your gifting and you're thinking about what would this person love, no matter how small it is, being intentional with being thoughtful. And part of that is hard. I know it's not just this easy cut and dry because there is a culture around gift giving, right? And so if there is kind of the setup routine that happens, you changing something can cause waves. And so I'm not naive to that fact at all, but you can definitely change things by just communicating it to them. Last year, one of my best friends, we typically got gifts for the kids. She just simply mentioned, hey, this year we're going to do homemade gifts, which is great. And I loved, and we did the same for them. And even if she never told me and we got them something, it still would have been something that I got them because we love them and because I wanted to give this gift. Or my kids knew that they would love it and they asked us to get it. And so we spend a little more time on this tip because the holidays are filled with gift giving. And I think it's great because I love giving gifts to people. But there certainly are seasons where it is more stressful. And so because this season is so filled with gifts, we just wanted to talk a little bit more about being mindful with your gift giving. And it makes me think of Matthew 20 the parable of the workers in the vineyard. And by no means is it an exact application of it. But it talks about a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard, and he agreed to pay them a denarius for the day, and he sent them into his vineyard to work. And then at about nine in the morning, he went out and he saw others standing there. And so he told them, you go also and work in my vineyard, and I'll pay you whatever's right. Again, he went out about noon, and then three in the afternoon, And then about five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. So he hired them and told them to work in his vineyard. And then when evening came, he called all the workers and paid them their wages, beginning with the last one hired and then going on to the first. And the workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came, they received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. And they said, those who were hired last worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the hard work and the heat of the day. But he answered them, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give to the one who was hired last the same as I gave to you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? And I think that's such a powerful statement. Are you envious because I'm generous? And so when I think about that in this season, and I think about that just in gift giving in general, making sure that you're going into things and not expecting things, I think your level of expectation can really set you up for success or it can set you up for failure. Because those workers, they did agree to work for a denarius. Instead of grumbling and complaining, about just getting a denarius, they could have been standing there all day and have not gotten work. And so what they could have done instead was be thankful that they even got work and be thankful that for that denarius. And so that's definitely something that we want to instill into our children and that we want to live out in our own lives, not living entitled or expectant of things that aren't mine, but being thankful for the generosity of people and even celebrating when other people get something. And that's a great lesson for kids as well. Maybe they don't get something that one of their siblings got, 
teach them to celebrate, to be so happy for that other person that they got that. Because like that last line that I read was, or are you envious because I am generous? And I think you should definitely celebrate the generosity of people. And sometimes it is hard when you aren't the recipient of that. And I totally understand that. But the answer and the key to changing jealousy or envy is gratitude. And so really this season, practice that gratitude. So the last thing we're going to talk about is volunteering and giving back. And I think especially when you're volunteering or you're giving back and you're working with poor or underprivileged communities, it can really help you to reflect on all the things that you do have and be more grateful for that. But plus seeing how, hey, if I just put in a little bit of effort here and I try to serve these people, how much joy or happiness you can bring them by just sacrificing a little bit of time, a little bit of effort, a little bit of money, and how somebody who has very little can be very appreciative of some of the small efforts you might take in order to bring a little bit of happiness or joy into their life that day. Absolutely. And I think volunteering and giving back isn't just to the poor and underprivileged, but look around in your community and who around you can you bless? Who around you can you give back to? Who around you can you serve? Maybe there's a neighbor that just needs help in their yard. And this doesn't have to be just in this holiday season coming up, but all year round, look for opportunities where you can serve others. One of my friends here, I see her volunteering so much throughout the course of the year. And one of the things she does is that for our Awana group, she cooks for 80 to 100 people. And I'm just amazed at how she does that. And she doesn't get paid for it. She just does it. And it allows kids to come in and get a meal and learn about Jesus. And they have some English language learners that come in and they bring their children in and they all get fed. But I watch her and she does it with such joy and such excellence. So serving and volunteering can really help bring such a sense of fulfillment and perspective. And it's just an opportunity to love those around you. All right, you guys, that's it for our episode today. So just a quick recap of the last six tips that we shared. The first six tips were on the first episode. And the tips we talked about in this one are tip number seven was communicating. Tip number eight was boundaries. Tip number nine was self-care. Ten was creating new traditions. Eleven was mindful gifting. And twelve was volunteering and giving back. So we hope that this was helpful as you intentionally set up for the busy season that's coming up and that you truly are able to find joy in this season. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. And remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode and found it helpful. If so, would you take 30 seconds and share it with a friend? Also, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcast. It lights us up to know that this podcast is helping you. If you have any questions or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group. Just click the link in the description below. Although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. If you are struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or feeling hopeless or suicidal, you are not alone. Help is available. Please seek professional help or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988. Thank you again for joining us on Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. 
Remember, there's always hope and there's always help.